0: Have you had enough of the big name web hosting services that are long on promises, but short on bleeding edge features, uptime and customer service? Or are you just looking for a performance boost for your business's online presence? The answer is Agorist Hosting. Agorist Hosting is the agile web host that offers full concierge service from website redesign, full e-commerce solutions, even custom apps for your Shopify store and more. All with security, reliability, redundancy, and privacy at the forefront. Oh, and those bleeding edge features? How about hosting your data in a decentralized system like IPFS, the Interplanetary File System? Good luck getting that from those other guys. Agorist Hosting is ready to take your web presence into the future. Head over to agoristhosting.com to get started. That's A G O R I S T Hosting.com agoristhosting.com
1: The following is a presentation of the Sovereign Tech podcast feed.
0: Time for another Sovereign Shorts, and it is I, the Golden Stallion, the man of tomorrow, Savzu, the rated R radio star, Dr. Brian Sovereign, here to, uh, I guess usher in or usher out <laughs> here at the end of an era. Uh, the end of an era is the end of really of Windows NT 6.1. Wait, what am I, what am I talking about? No, we'll, we'll get into that. But Arguably, it is the end of Windows Seven. Now, why do I say arguably? Well, we're going to get into that. But not only are we going to talk about the past of Windows, we are going to talk about the future of Windows because Panos Panay, a guy who I kind of used to be a fan of, not anymore. Now he's just—I think the guy is, is kind of too full of himself now. <laughs> like It's—it's it's just everything just rubs you the wrong way. Even though I still think he's a great showman, probably the best showman uh, the tech world has or has had since, of course, the late Steve jobs, but, um, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's dropped some nuggets of what could be coming for windows. And I think it's important to discuss because it's much, while a lot of, shall we say recent versions of windows as in windows 11, uh, really haven't done much, you know, to, 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 even though there are hardware requirements that would seem to obsolete a lot of computers. Um, it would very much appear that upcoming versions of windows are going to do that, uh, on a much grander scale. So we'll get into that, but first let's talk about, uh, what I think is some of the biggest news, frankly, in computer history. Um, and that is the end of official support, keyword official of official support for windows seven. Now, Windows 7 is a beast that has been and I mean that. Uh this is a beast that has been on computers and is still apparently on 11% of went total Windows installs in the world right now, which is I think higher than what Windows 11 is even on. Um it's still on 11% of computers but has been a dominant operating system ever since it was released in 2009. Um, I have said many times that, you know, yeah, I could say like, oh, my favorite version of windows is windows 2000 you know, whatever and XP was amazing. And it was, um, I think windows seven will go down in history as like, as far as, you know, if you ever consider windows a good operating system and I could listen to people talk about how it's not, and I know where you're coming from. Okay. You know, I rock my Linux daily drivers all the time. I know I'm, I'm here, I'm with you. Okay. But let's just call it. I mean, this, this was one of the, if not the greatest operating system ever devised. Uh, and it needed to be because it had to fix ultimately, uh, the disaster that was Windows Vista. Now, Windows Vista, I don't know if I need to, you know, go over that history again, But effectively what happened, I mean, let, 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 we'll give a, all right, I'll give a little bit of history because it's actually going to speak to the future of what's coming. Uh, And that I think Microsoft just has not learned its lessons. Um, Even though if you listen to recent uh, Patreon only content for Sovereign Technica, uh, you'll hear where, you know, I talk about what I talked about on Sovereign Tech of all things years ago on episode 200 about how all the tech giants like these companies are completely different animals than what they were, you know, before that year. And what episode 200 was, was that 2016 somewhere around there for Sovereign Tech anyway. So to give a little bit of history, so you have Windows XP. Okay. And really in in many ways, Windows XP is resolving the issue of windows ME, right? Like windows 98 or, you know, windows 95 happens. Sure. Everybody's on board. They finally, that, that finally got people away from the, uh, you know, from the command line interface, got them away from, from DOS to where your computer booted into windows 95, right. As to where before with windows three, you know, you would boot into DOS first and then you would load up windows three, you know, with an XE file. So Windows 95 becomes a thing. It's a success, right? Followed up by Windows 98 and particularly like Windows 98 SE, which, you know, was, was just the most dominant operating system of its day. I mean, just, just flat out. Like people weren't, it doesn't matter. And really it was, it doesn't, but it doesn't matter how beautiful you know, the hardware was that Apple was putting out with the return of Steve Jobs, you know, with the iMac, the original iMac, still one of the most gorgeous and one of my favorite computers ever made. Um, it doesn't matter how good Mac OS 8 or Mac OS 9 looked, right? Even though they're gorgeous, way ahead of whatever Microsoft was doing with Windows 98. The, I mean, the system or, you know, when people heard the, the phrase operating system, they instantly thought Windows 98. It was just, it was that fucking dominant. Bill Gates ran the world. Okay, when that came out. So but then you know, you gotta follow that action up. And you get Windows ME, not exciting to people. They don't get it, and frankly, they don't understand why they couldn't just stick with Windows ninety-eight. And I think that attitude uh was not an incorrect one and one that really should prevail uh to this day. But they release ME and it doesn't really excite anybody. Windows two thousand comes out, implements a lot of NT technologies, fantastic operating system, very lightweight. Uh, love that thing, you know, that, that happens. Okay. Um, and it wasn't, you know, windows 2000 was far more, uh, for, you know, pro users, power users and all that. It wasn't necessarily something that took over the consumer space so much. Um, but really, you know, Microsoft has to regain the excitement or at least the dominance that windows 95 and 98 had. And they end up doing so with Windows XP and particularly Windows XP becomes, you know, this juggernaut when you get to service pack two and they, uh, you know, implement a lot of security features right into the operating system, like a firewall. I mean, now people don't even think about it, but you know, at the time that was revolutionary. Uh, and so Windows XP happens and it becomes, in fact, I was recording Sovereign Tech up to the day that they finally, uh, ended support for Windows XP. I mean that baby was going for, you know, nigh over a decade as far as being supported. Uh and you know, they wanted to follow up the success of of XP, which it was a wild success. And I would say rightfully so. It's a great operating system, okay? Uh as I've always said, you know, Windows is the Swiss Army knife of operating systems and it's remarkable just how reasonably well. And I say reasonably well, because they really don't do that great of a job. How reasonably well, uh, Microsoft handles, you know, support and security with all of the, with with just the, 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 massive amount of software and hardware, you know, and driver support and all that, that windows has to keep, to keep enterprise customers and other people, you know, happy and not, you know, storming Microsoft HQ. Uh, so I give them credit there. I'm not saying they do a great job of that. I'm just saying it's amazing that they can even try, you know, considering again, how much windows has to do, how much it has to support. Now, this support issue of supporting, you know, old software supporting old hardware was, you know, I think Microsoft realized at the end of XP's light or, you know, getting towards the end of XP's uh, lifespan uh, that they needed to do something out about that. They needed to tighten up the ship for varying reasons. You know, maybe they were being serious about security or whatever. And so they pulled a bit of a trick and they ended up releasing windows Vista. Uh, now windows Vista in comparison to XP and seven has one of the shortest shelf lives of any windows operating system next to maybe like windows eight uh you know just on the matter of like 2 3 years before microsoft's like hey oh no we got a, we got a new version of windows out there what happens with windows vista uh is okay you know there's there's a lot of technical reasons where i could say okay here's why this is a bad operating system but ultimately they deprecated so many uh so much support for software and hardware you know software and hard- hardware that was admittedly decade or decades old okay Um, that, I mean, it just ended up pissing everybody off. And, but not only that, it'd be one thing if they just deprecated support, but they also pulled this trick where Vista was such a graphical leap, meaning it took a lot of power just to be able to take advantage of a lot of the, uh, uh like graphical features, you know, kind of like windows arrow and things like this, uh, that Vista or even like live wallpapers. Remember those, you probably know them on your smartphone, but that used to be a big, that was a big selling point, believe it or not for windows Vista, along with, uh, widgets. And honestly, a lot of things, you know, bef- that, that smartphones now have before smartphones were even a thing. Uh, but all these features were just too much for computers that some people were, had been, you know, been upgrading and holding on to for probably 10 years or more, you know, but that were able to handle, even if they had to dumb down XP a little bit, they could still handle XP. So they're like, well, why the fuck can't I handle Vista? Like this computer worked yesterday. Why isn't it working now? Sounds a lot like windows 11, right? Yeah. Well, it's going to get worse, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. So Microsoft pulls this off. Not well, you know, they, they, they don't succeed. Uh, and it just, it ultimately becomes a disaster. Like it's just too much too soon. Uh, they, they, they fucked it up. And so Microsoft says, okay, well, we've, <laughs> we've got to go back to the drawing board and they end up doing the right thing. And what I mean by the right thing is, cause look, there's nothing wrong with coming out with new versions of operating systems. Okay. It should be, you know, more of an optional affair but there's nothing wrong with coming out with new versions of operating systems. And, but what you need to do when you come out with a new version of an operating system, there's two key things. It should be less of a resource hog for multiple reasons. Okay, you know, not just battery life for laptops. Okay, but it should require less resources and it should be more secure. Those are your two primary reasons for coming out With an op with a new operating system, and you could say, well, how about you know new features or something like that? Yeah, you can come out with some new features, but again, the two rules you got to stick with, even when you're adding in new features, is it should be more less of a resource hog, thus more efficient and more secure. I mean, these those two things are just the golden fucking rule of programming: more efficient, more secure, and this is true for just about any piece of kit. You know, whether it's an an OS or some regular software or whatever. And that's exactly what they did with Windows 7. Um I mean this was such a lean mean operating system. Uh and you know you just you have that what I would argue is and you know people can disagree if they're into KDE and everything else and again hey you know what subjective that's up to you you rock and roll great I'm glad you love it. Uh but what I would argue is the best GUI, you know the best graphical user interface uh, to date by any operating system. Uh, I think, I think Microsoft can claim that with windows prior to windows 11, let's say. (laughs) Okay. Uh, from the start menu, you know, all of that, like they, and and you could say, well, but they copied Apple, you know, they, they, they coupled or, you know, they copied uh, and everybody copied Xerox anyway. And sure. Okay. But Windows, like they, they really, really lock that down. You know, it's such a, I really feel like I'm not going to say it's natural. The only thing that makes it natural is a mouse, but it just, it has a very efficient flow to it, which is why it's insane that Microsoft's even trying to change it with windows 11, but whatever. Okay. So you have windows seven. It's not as resource hungry as its predecessor. Uh, It is more secure for many reasons. And, you know, it has that great design and it even still had some of the beauty of Vista where you had, you know, the arrow glass look that didn't require a ridiculous, uh, you know, graphics card for that to, to function properly. Um, and there's plenty of other things we could talk about with windows seven, but the bottom line is it was streamlined. It was efficient and it ran on a lot of shit. Okay. Like, like, you know, you could throw so much hardware on it and it, or at it, and it knew what to do. Windows seven was awesome. So why that, you know, that's, that's what makes it so sad that in Jan on January 10th, 2023, uh, after what, 15 years, (laughs) pretty much, you know, with, with windows or with windows NT six, one, which is, you know, what's underneath windows seven or ultimately the technology that windows seven is, but you know, from 2009 to 2023, you know, it's a good 13 year run, um, or a little more, uh, now it is officially out of extended support. So it went out of like consumer support. Was that in 2020 when they, they finally said that, and then they said, okay, well, we're going to give, you know, like enterprise and professional clients, we're going to give them, uh, three years of extended support that you'd have to pay for. So it's, we're going to go into 2023. So, well, on January 10th, uh, it was finally on that patch Tuesday, the final patch Tuesday for Windows seven was released uh, also for, of course, server 2008, which is part of the reason when I say that, you know, 15 years that, that NT 61 was out there. That's because, you know, that's what server 2008 was running on as well. Anyway, so it is seemingly over. And in fact, we, there were stories in July and I am admittedly still surprised that this didn't happen, but there are stories in July that Windows seven was going to get another three years of support, which is hilarious because that would have put it into 2026, which is a longer support period than what windows 10 will have, which ends in 2025. So the question becomes, there's a couple questions. Okay. One is if you still use windows seven, and I know I have listeners that do If you still use Windows 7, should you still use it, even though it's out of extended support and you're not going to get any more security patches from Microsoft proper? And then the second question is, which maybe answers the first one, Brian Sovereign, are you going to keep running a Windows 7 machine? Well, I guess I'll answer the first question ultimately with the second question. And my answer is to Brian Sovereign, am I going to keep running Windows 7? you know, as a daily driver on a laptop. Yes, that is the answer. Absolutely. Fucking yes. Uh, And, you know, part of me would do it just out of spite, even if I didn't have uh, a response to what about security concerns, you know, even if I didn't have a respond to that part of me would just do it again out of pure spite. Now, I've talked about this in Sovereign Tech episodes recently and other parts of the Sovereign Technica feed. Um, I've talked about how, yeah, like this, if this isn't going to fly, if they're not going to do the 2026 thing, and also that I have started running into software software even like little software or quote unquote, little, I don't think it's little, I'm, you know, i love what, what these programmers are doing, but if you take software like Rufus, right, which I use to, you know, flash, uh, uh, you know, uh, flash drives, flash, flash drives to format flash drives, you know, and, and like put operating systems on them and everything. Um, there are features in that, even though you can run Rufus on windows seven, there are specific features that you don't get if you're running it on windows seven. Um, you know, things like that happening. Or, you know, I've had to rely on with a lot of pieces of software like Calibre and others, where uh the only way I can get them to run on Windows 7 is by running them through portableapps.com. Now that's portableapps.com is ultimately my solution for how I keep running certain software on Windows 7, even though it no longer officially supports Windows 7. Uh, so that's an important thing to bring up. The other thing that's happened is Mulvad. And I'm really pissed off about this because there's no good reason for this. Mulvad has ended support for Windows 7 as well, uh, which was my VPN service, which I really like what they do, but I don't like this. And again, there is no fucking call for them to drop support for Windows 7. So I've had to switch to Proton VPN. Which I already have a Proton Mail account. Of course, you know, the main sovereign tech uh, Proton mail or you know email address is through Proton Mail, that being Q22 at NWO.red. Um and I've had to switch to that because they still support Windows 7. Is it a matter of time for when they stop? Yeah, maybe. Um and of course, you know, we know that uh Microsoft is ending support for Microsoft Edge. Uh, at the end of, or at the same time, really, that Windows 7 went out of support. Windows 8.1 went out of support as well, but I don't think anybody gives a shit about Windows 8. Nobody nobody that actually cares about their tech is is using that. Um, So, you know, there's that. And then Google Chrome, of course, Google came out and said that they would end Windows 7 support with version 109 of Google Chrome. So those things are out of the question. Basically, just about every uh, Chromium-based web browser is out of the question, even though I have emailed others, I've gotten in touch with other like brave and Vivaldi and opera saying, are you ending support for windows seven? Um, and I have not, all I've gotten were crickets from no matter where and who I emailed, uh, which bothers the fuck out of me. Maybe they're all waiting to see what Microsoft is going to say, but I certainly wouldn't count on that. So I'm running Firefox on my windows seven machine because Mozilla I mean, you got to understand like Mozilla didn't drop windows XP support until just like a few years ago. And I, and I mean, we're talking like three, four years ago, (laughs) so you can count on Firefox, the old standby. Uh, so I am, I'm running that. Um, no, I'm not running Librewolf though. At some point I'll talk more about Librewolf, both the advantages and problems of using that web browser. But yeah, right now, uh, and I, and I'm planning on, I'll explain why I'm planning on running windows seven, at least for the next couple of years, uh, at least, but I know it's going to be a constant, uh, uh you know, game of, uh, digital hopscotch as to, you know, what software that I can use, you know, cause I want to use software that actually supports windows seven. Otherwise, obviously it won't run. Now, as I've brought up before talking about windows seven in, in the past year or more, uh, there is no good reason, really. There is no reason that software that runs on Windows Ten can't run on Windows Seven. There is no reason for that. That that, that that's pure Vista style bullshit, like we were just talking about, which is why I gave that little history lesson. But there's other reasons as well. So, fortunately, a company that I am a fan of and that I have been uh, espousing and touting on Sovereign Tech uh, is Zero Patch. And they came out very brazenly and boldly, and I, I, I love them for it. They came out and said, "Hey, if you're using Windows 7 or even Server 2008, we will continue to send you uh, critical security patches." And of course, they use micro patches, but you know we won't go into that. Uh, we will continue to send you patches until tw- you know for two years, until like into 2025. So they're just going to pick up the slack for Microsoft anyway, which is great because they've already been doing that. Like I would run zero patch on any windows machine because, you know, even whether it's running windows 10 or 11 or whatever. Okay. Because, um, they were able to, uh, uh, solve the, 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 uh, Prince, uh, spooler problem, right. <laughs> that, that Microsoft just wouldn't resolve. Um, it, it, I mean, like they're just, they're doing great work there. So they will handle the security on that. Interestingly, they also said that they will provide patches for Microsoft Edge for two years. Now I'm not, I mean, so because, because zero patch does micro patching, meaning that they put fixes into the Ram. Okay. So they don't actually install anything and they can just kind of like it runs on the fly. I guess that's how they get around that. Um, but then I kind of wonder, I mean, this essentially says like, look, you know, if any other, uh, browser web browser is going to end support for windows seven, um, you know, they could get in on the micro patching game and not have to end support for windows seven. And so it kind of calls like, I'm just, I'm disappointed in any of these companies that are going to drop that support. Again, I get it. Okay. Right. Because they're saying, well, if, If the company that, that develops the operating system isn't supporting it anymore, why should we, well, again, you still have at least 11%. I would argue it's probably a lot more, but 11% of the windows install base, which that's a huge number, right? Anything over 10% or anything 10% and above is, you know, statistically relevant. So this is statistically relevant. Uh, that's potentially what hundreds of thousands of people that you're just going to leave in the dust. I can think of, especially with browsers, I can think of web browsers right now off the top of my head that would love to have, you know, an install base of hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, here's their chance to shine. Sure. But it's crazy. So yeah, bottom line is, and we have a whole other subject to get into here. Bottom line, I will continue to use windows seven. Um, as long as zero patch is out there, you know, sending out the critical fixes because I recognize that that needs to be a thing. Uh, as long as that's happening, I'll keep rocking it. I mean, I'm recording this podcast on it right now, no problem with the latest latest version of Audacity, the whole business. Um. So yeah, I, I see no reason to you know to stop. And again, I frankly, part of me wants to do it just out of spite because I don't like what they're doing with Windows, you know, with Windows 11 at all. Uh, if windows 10 was actually the last version of windows, you know, maybe I would have stuck with windows 10. Of course, you know, I heavily modify my installs of windows 10 and look before you say, Oh, well, Brian just use Linux. You know, you know, you're listening to, I already do. It's okay. All right. This is something that I want because here, you know, (laughs) though, granted certain Linux distros can do this anyway. Uh, know, I've always said this, if it can't play tie fighter, it's not a computer. If it can't play Warzone twenty one hundred, it's not a computer. Why aren't smartphones really computers? Because they can't do either. But, <laughs> well, maybe in DOSBox you could get it to go right, but, <laughs> but not natively. Uh, anyway, so you know, like that, that that matters to me. Okay, all right. Now <laughs> I'm being somewhat facetious, but you you get my point. Okay, now let's talk about where things are going ultimately with windows 11 and its successor windows 12. Now we have no idea what the next version of windows is going to be called. It could be called windows 12. I think that would make sense, but we we really don't know what we do know now. What, I mean, Panos Panay recently at an event, I think he was talking with the CEO of AMD, uh, recently at an event used the phrase next version of windows and he wasn't talking about windows 11. Uh, and it seems pretty clear that what is, or it's heavily suggested. How about that to say, I shouldn't say pretty clear. It's heavily suggested that a major part of the next version of windows is the install or the use of, uh, AI now. Okay. Calm down. We're not talking about AGI. I still think this is crap. But we're not talking about artificial general intelligence. We're not talking about Skynet. Okay. When they say AI, I really wish they'd use a different fucking term, whether it's machine learning, you know, neural processing, whatever. I wish they would go with that instead of using the word AI. It's just a fail to use that term. But whatever. So, what is going to be, you know, features that will be coming are features that take advantage of AI slash machine learning, take advantage of neural processing. Now to have this, they are windows 12. It would seem is going to require what's called an NPU. Okay. Now that's a neural processing unit. An NPU is a, you know, it's a special, uh, GPU, right. Graphics processing unit. It's not exactly a sub processor. Um, but it's it's a specially designed GPU, not like an ASIC, say for like Bitcoin mining, but it's a specially designed GPU for the purpose of machine learning slash AI. Okay, again, we're not talking about Skynet here. Doesn't mean it's still not bad. I'm just saying we're not talking about Skynet. Okay, so NPUs are going to be a part of I think the laptop version of processors is uh uh oh, Kimbe, Not not Hakimbe. That would have been funny. <laughs> especially since like the irony there is thick. if it was Hakeem Bay, I might even call the processors Hakeem Bay just to be kind of uh, uh, sardonically uh, uh, humorous about it because, well, if you know about Hakeem Bay uh, and, you know, NPU's is one of the things that they can do and probably the feature set that they're going to be argued for in upcoming new computers because they are going to be part of the 13th gen, uh, Intel processors. Like I said, mobile processors specifically for laptops. That's the Keem Bay. Uh, part of what they would be used for is for scanning and arguably, I guess, enhancing photos and videos right now you hear that and you go, wait a minute, wait a minute. What, what are you scanning my, my photos for? What are you doing this? Well, again, the idea would be kind of similar to how your smartphone can do little tricks that enhance your photos and things like that. Your computer could do the same thing through the use of this NPU. Now the NPU could do a whole lot of other things too. We'll kind of get into that, but that's where it gets funny because then everybody's like, wait a minute. Is is this like a CSAM scan, right? CSAM being, you know, that like the, the child pornography database. And that's why it would be funny to call it Hakeem Bay for my anarchist friends, those who know, know <laughs> what I, what I mean by that. And I don't mean to laugh about it either. Cause it's fucking twisted, but regardless, um, so this, this requirement, and maybe it won't be a requirement. Maybe we'll go back to the days like we were talking about where if you remember back with windows 98, when that was a thing and windows ME was a thing and windows XP was a thing, you'd have a little sticker on a computer that says, um, works like, you know, works best with windows ME or works best with windows XP, whatever. Uh, if you don't remember those stickers, great. Cause it was just annoying, but anyway, we're probably going to go back to the days when windows 12 comes out that says works best with windows 12, meaning that it's going to be a computer that has an NPU, in it alongside, of course, a CPU that either has a dedicated GPU or an integrated GPU. Okay. But an NPU will be a part of the, you know, overall system on chip. Um, so, I mean, an NPUs like understand NPUs are not that new of a thing. They've been in smartphones for shy of five years now. Okay. Like the galaxy series, um, you know, from Samsung has NPUs in them. Uh, effectively, you know, Google's tensor processor, you know, has an NPU part of the SOC. So this isn't, this isn't like a totally new thing, but I do want to talk about the potential concerns when it comes to an NPU being part of a desktop class device, you know, being a laptop or desktop computer. Um, but here's, you know, I mean, at first blush, I think the biggest problem is that there's no real reason. And, and okay. So the, one of the biggest complaints with windows 11, when, you know, when that upgrade happened away from windows 10 was that a lot of computers that run windows 10 beautifully could be years and years old, but they still run windows 10. Absolutely. Fucking beautifully. had have tons of Ram, the whole business, Microsoft put this bullshit requirement into the upgrade to Windows 11, which you can circumvent admittedly, but this bullshit requirement for the device to have TPM 2.0, to have a hardware module, a security, a quote unquote security hardware module uh, that really does nothing and is meaningless. We've already talked about this when Windows 11 was first announced and when it was first released. Uh, just how this is like nonsense. It it means nothing, you know, and, and the the only reason that Microsoft could possibly be doing this is to sell new PCs. And here we go. This is, it's just, it's happening all over again. And they just, they're just, they're planning it years ahead. Basically windows 12. Now, again, they might not require it, but I wouldn't be surprised because they did this with windows 11 where Microsoft will require you to have a computer and it's going to have to be a new one as in like that have come out, not even come out in 2023 yet though. Some of the surface laptop or the surface laptop X or what is it? The surface X, whatever that has an NPU in it already. So clearly they've been thinking about this for a while. Um, they, you know, they'll require you to have a computer with an NPU to run windows 12. And then, you know, what, what'll they say? They'll just like shorten, you know, the, the support life. Of say Windows 11 or whatever else, to where you know th- they're creating this recipe where essentially every who knows two, three, four years they're going to require you to buy a new computer if you want to get the latest security updates, which are absolutely essential, in my opinion. Fortunately, got companies out there like Zero Patch who I think are kind of solving the problem here, and that's why you know I. In in some ways, again, I just want to make the statement that no, I'm not giving up my computer. I don't care if it's fucking eight years old, okay? And I'm not giving up my operating system. I don't care if the company says they're done with it. There's no reason that they have to be. They could keep supporting it for fucking ever if they wanted, you know. Especially considering that they're not really dropping backwards compatibility anymore because they learned that fucking lesson with Vista. But the part that they didn't seem to to learn is that people don't want to buy a full on computer. I mean, maybe they'll do it with a smartphone, but part of that reason is because they're always getting it through their phone plan with Verizon. Right. And so every couple of years, Verizon says, Oh, you want a new phone? Here you go. And you know, it just, it's wrapped up in your bill. That's not how desktops and laptops work. People don't want to do that. They don't want to put out that expenditure and I don't blame them. There's nothing wrong with that. Especially when, you know, you live in a world that's, that's going into a near global recession. It seems It seems. So you know this is really deaf, tone deaf of of Microsoft to engage in. It was tone deaf of them with Windows 11, and it's it's going to be tone deaf with Windows 12. If it's a requirement to be able to install Windows 12, you have to buy a computer with an NPU. Now make the features that the NPU can do that great to inspire people to want a new computer. Okay, that's a different story. But to make it a fucking requirement, which Again, I'm not going to put it past them to do that because they already did it with their latest version. Uh that's horseshit. You know, and that is a point where, yeah, you stop giving a company your money and arguably your data, which, you know, again, Microsoft's been hoovering up, you know, people's uh telemetry and installed data overall. On Windows since Windows 10, at least. Actually, with Windows 8.1, they did as well. You know, with like OneDrive already being there, requiring you to have a Microsoft account. Yes, you can circumvent that as well, but you get my point. It's a problem. So I'm not excited for Windows 12 whatsoever. And again, I'll be sticking with Windows 7 as long as I can. Now, part of the dangers here that I see with an MPU being put onto a desktop class device really comes down to that. I I just, I have a hard time believing that Microsoft thinks they can make a lot of money off of the advantages of an NPU working with your data. Um, maybe they would use the NPU to like add in, you know, chat GPT features and, you know, other AI features that would help with your writing and editing, you know, or it, does just somehow make your videos or your photos that much richer, that much better, whatever that looks like. However, uh, let's be clear what it takes to do all that. Your, that NPU is effectively going to be scanning your hard drive pretty much nonstop. And I mean, this is the purpose of a, you know, of AI at this class with an NPU is to, you know, constantly be looking at photos, how to make changes, how to do magic eraser, you know, to pick your feature, whatever. So you are buying a computer that by design is always going to be scanning what is on your screen. Is that a privacy problem? Yeah. It's the biggest one out there. You know, this is akin to, and I used to complain about this years ago. This is akin to when with smartphones, they started adding in a voice coprocessor. Now this voice coprocessor which is in every smartphone now, every smartphone since, uh, actually since 20, 2015, I think now has, has a voice coprocessor built into the SOC. So that voice coprocessor is something that is always listening. It is always listening to you. An MPU is a very similar situation. You don't exactly need a voice coprocessor into a laptop or desktop, but an NPU I mean, again, to some degree, I'd consider it even worse, you know, because it can always look, you know, at what's on your screen and, you know, and, and, and scan your data and everything else. This is, and you say, well, yeah, but wouldn't like a a security uh, suite, you know, like Microsoft essential, well, they don't call it essentials anymore. Um, But like defender, you know, whatever, like, like wouldn't, wasn't that always scanning your stuff? Yeah. But that was generally scanning for very specific things. It had a library that it was looking for. It was not it didn't even have like the processing power to compute like photos, you know, and things like that. That's not what it was about. Um, so this is a, I, I would say this is not a favorable direction for desktop class devices to go to. Okay. And while, you know, we could whatever, let that go and say, all right, yeah, well, but that's, that's how things are going fine. Um, the one thing I would really have a problem with is what is clearly, clearly a fucking money grab on Microsoft's part. If they require you to have, um, an NPU to be able to run the, you know, most secure latest version, quote unquote, of their operating system. That's a big, big problem. So am I even at this early stage before I even know the name of it? Am I saying no to the next version of windows? Yes, I'm also saying no to windows 11. I'm also saying no to windows 10 flat out, make the statement. And as I said, actually when windows 11 initially came out, I'll say it again. If you haven't gotten comfortable with Linux yet, it's time you've got, got a couple years yet. If you, you know, if you're using windows 10, uh, it's time to get comfortable with that because this trajectory is, it's totally anti-consumer and it's an outright lie. So I will leave this sovereign, not so short at that (laughs) and uh, more sovereign technica to come. Lots of great things coming in the feed. I will see all of you on the other side.
1: Science. Outer space. Psychology. Book and movie recommendations. Fiction from the sovereign universe travels to points of mystery and the unexplained. And even spirituality? All of that can only mean one thing. The Sovereign Technica Newsletter. By me, Ellen Sovereign, along with some stuff by that crazy man I call my husband, Dr. Brian Sovereign. It's the latest tool in your self-directed education the education that really matters. If you want to cut through the crap of mainstream media ass clowns, sign up for the Sovereign Technica newsletter right now at sovereign.substack.com. That's S O V R Y N.substack.com. The Sovereign Technica newsletter. Welcome to the future.